Don't hover over nephew with lightsaber. Welcome to the Story Geeks podcast, produced by the Reclamation Society. I'm Jay. I'm Shannon. I'm Dale. And I'm Daryl. And today we are going to hash it out over what we thought of Star Wars The Last Jedi. That is absolutely right. Um, this is, as it turns out, an incredibly divisive film. I did not realize it was going to be, but it very much so is. <laughs> and we are going to talk about why, because we all have different perspectives. So let me introduce our guests. I'm actually really excited about this because, for one thing, we've been wanting to talk to Dale on this podcast for a really long time. For another thing, we've had Shannon on two of the episodes, one of which is soon to come out on The Force Awakens. So yeah. welcome, Dale and Shannon. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're representing. Representing. Yeah. 1901. Yeah, we got like two groups, two groups on this one. That's right. That's true. And you know what? The only person we have now not had from Network 1901 on our show is Angie. That's true. Hmm. Yeah. She's That's she's good. One. She was on the DCC uh, a couple times. It was a lot of fun doing mm-hmm. that with her. Yeah, I know. Well, and I, and and since Josh and Angie live so close to me, I've hung out with them several times. Yeah. But for whatever reason, I've only been able to get Josh on the on the podcast. So. Hmm. She's all. Yeah. She's always making ears. She's, she's always making busy. ears all yeah. the time. <laughs> all the time. Always. Yeah. Yeah. This is true. This is true. Yeah. So well, why don't we start with Shannon? Shannon, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us how to find you, and tell us what you do for Network 1901. Okay, so I am the resident fangirl uh, slash Star Wars expert. I, I do. Be- I do so believe. Um, over on Network 1901, <laughs> um, you can find me at McCarter Shannon on. Twitter and Instagram is mostly where I'm hanging out, especially Twitter. And I actually just um, rebranded my Tumblr to Books and Raylo. So if you want some Raylo stuff, head over to my Tumblr because, oh, my God, I have have a problem and it's not it's not going to be solved anytime soon. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. What about you, Dale? Well, I'm uh, Network 1901's most popular member of uh, the group, so... Uh, <laughs> um, Involuntary snort. Yeah, uh, it's <laughs> probably from my vast Star Wars knowledge. Um, it just really like brought so many subscribers and, and followers just with my vast <laughs> knowledge. Uh, um, but uh, I also I host a show called The DCC, where it's a Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, Pixar, um, and also Society News Update show, and Shannon and I mostly do do that together because by popular demand nobody wants Josh and um, um, I've been able to throw shade on every podcast for Josh so every that's, that's, podcast that's my, goal. that's my goal every time um, and uh, yeah and Shannon and I do podcasts together we do books like one's called like uh, explain this book to me which is a lot of fun and she explained ready player one to me and it was a great time and uh, I recommend uh, that to check yeah. out and I did yep. start the lightning thief so I'm actually yeah. ahead of the game now okay, okay. <laughs> And I will I will plug for you guys um, that Ready Player One explained this book to me was fantastic. Oh, thanks. I thought that was really really good. So I enjoyed that very much. I am a Network 1901 listener. So <laughs> for all the people out there who are listening, going like, hey, should I listen to that show? Like, if you have any interest in Disney or geekdom in general, because they bounce all over the place these days, like or, Disney. <laughs> or the, good podcasting. Yeah, 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 yeah of course. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, if, you, if you like if you like good podcasting, I do not recommend us. <laughs> <laughs> At least not Josh, right? Yeah. Well, Aww. yeah Aww. Actually, no. No, he's the best podcaster out of us all. <laughs> like, he's Josh is like the yeah. Ira Glass of yeah. Network 19. Yeah. Let's he's be so honest, good. though. Like, we need him to balance me and Dale out. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is very true. Josh and I have been trying to do a podcast together for like because we've never done one, and um, which is a weird thing to think about. But um, we've been trying to. We were going to do this one called "Who Owned Roger Rabbit," but we're just uh, we just felt like it would, uh, wasn't quite our our thing. And then um, we're thinking about doing one on. Um, all the fandoms and like doing highlights on each type of uh, like Disney fandom. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. I just, I just, uh, I had coffee. Um, I had coffee with Josh on Monday and we just basically talked about podcasts and geek stuff for about three hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like my ideal conversation. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty fun. It was really fun. It was yeah. really fun. I tell my wife, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to Skype Josh. And she's like, okay, well I guess I'll see you in a couple hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I want to plug one more thing, um, and that is that uh, we started a Patreon channel. So Patreon is basically where we can offer exclusive content, and you do have to subscribe to that content, and you get to pick your tier that you want to subscribe at. So the lowest tier is only $3 a month, and I think that um, part of this podcast will go on there, so you do not want to miss that because we have some amazing topics to go through that will only be on Patreon. Um, I'm kind of bummed out about it, actually, because I want as many people to hear it as possible. But the best way for you to do that is to actually go over to um, our Patreon channel, which you can find at www.thestorygeeks.com. That links straight to our Patreon channel. Uh, you'll get to hear our entire conversation. But today we are going to be talking about The Last Jedi. And here's how it's going to work, because we want to address as many topics as we possibly can that are divisive and that means that there are a lot of them <laughs> because <laughs> there's a lot of discussion out there um, about what's good or bad about this film and so what i'm hoping is that as people listen to us talk about it people can actually hear all of the different opinions that exist about the different factors that make this a good film or a bad film in people's um in people's minds so the way it's going to work is that each one of us will give our basic opinion and those basic opinions are it's awesome it's fine it's terrible <coughs> and then what we're going to do is um give two to three bullet points that back up why we believe that's true now because we always dig deeper into things here in the story geeks podcast there are four topics that we will dive deeper into and dig really deep into them um, just so we don't take up too much time. And um, I'll announce what those are uh, when we get there. But it is going to be an awesome... Now, before we start, though, I do need to get your quick take on... Give me a scale of 1 to 10. Give me... A, you liked it. You loved it. Like, where are you sitting today, Shannon? Uh, 10 out of 10 favorite Star Wars movie. I've seen this movie five times, guys. I did not come to play. <laughs> five times. Whoa. Whoa. Watch out now. All right. What about you, Dale? She's so scary nowadays. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, for me, like, uh, for me, it, it, it's, it's tough. I like, I, I like so much about it. Um, but as I sat there and watched it, I also at one point was like, do I like Star Wars anymore? And I don't know why I had that thought. I And I hadn't been on the internet yet. I saw it as early as possible. I did not know what people thought. And it was weird that I had those thoughts and I had never had that before. Uh, even watching like Phantom Menace and all that. So, um, you know, that's how I yeah. stand so on it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm conflicted. <laughs> yeah, conflicted. yeah. I like that. Yeah. What and about also, you, Daryl? Yeah, sorry. No, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Well, it's just, I, I don't want to really, like, I can't be one of the haters because I find that the hater haters 
are also the same group of a lot of other things that I don't agree with. Um, <laughs> Those internet trolls? Yeah, the internet <laughs> trolls. Um, and remember when I have this theory that uh, the, the internet was really nice for like two weeks when all the white supremacists were out marching uh, in the different cities? <laughs> and I found the internet was like super nice for a period of time there. So I think they're all the same. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Daryl? I am uh, just about to the top of Shannon's Mountain on this one. Oh, yes. Oh, and, nice. oh, um, favorite movie of the year for me. Whoa. But it is only my second favorite Star Wars film. For me, The Force Awakens edges it out just mm. a little bit. Oh. But, uh, I've seen it three times and liked it more every time. So. And Daryl is a huge J.J. Abrams fan. So Ooh. there is that. That's part true. Of it too. Me too. Yeah. Um, so I am somewhere in the middle. I think that the story does have, um, issues and I'm, I, I cannot, I can't not approach a, a professor told me one time, uh, a writing professor of mine, he said, you know, I'm going to spoil a bunch of movies and stories for you because as you learn about what stories tend to look like that people like, you will then by definition, put these filters on every story that you listen to, watch, whatever. And that has totally been true. <laughs> as much as I, I try to prevent that. myself, yeah, as much as I try to prevent myself from like having the writer's response of like, what? Um, I can't, I can't get there. So I like this movie a lot, but um, it is right above the prequels for me in terms of my ordering. Um, now, granted, I do think that Revenge of the Sith is a great film, and I still like this film better than Revenge of the Sith. But uh, it is not like a ten. I'm not. I'm not on that. I'm not on that hill. So I'm somewhere. Interesting. Yeah, I'm somewhere <laughs> still below elevation sickness level on the. <laughs> <laughs> You're at like like the second base camp. You, maybe. Yeah, I was gonna say, are you That's above right. base camp at least? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm above base camp. I'm above base camp. Yes, I'm looking down on Jar Jar at the bottom of the hill. Still, gotcha. we all look down on Jar Jar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny. Jake too. Lloyd looks down on Jar Jar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I like, just watched I, an episode of Clone Wars with Jar Jar, and I'm like, God, even the other characters are like, why is he here? <laughs> <laughs> they should have made him evil. Uh, yeah, oh, no would have been amazing. Um, no but, but yeah, like back in my day, back in my day, Shannon. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so please tell me, Dale. Yeah, I had to. I used to have to like defend the prequels all the time to like Star Wars people. Mm. Um, and uh, I just want you to know that I do know your your pain. Oh, okay. You yeah, you yeah, do yeah. know my pain. Okay. Yeah, I do know your pain. <laughs> Th thanks, Dale. Thanks, Dale. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I, I really I really feel validated. Thank you, Dale. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's dive into it guys so the first thing i have on here as a topic is and this one actually does not get talked about very much but it is the fact that there is no time jump in the last jedi so the last jedi starts right where the force awakens left off what do you think about that shannon i am totally fine with it um it does add a sense of urgency i think to the plot just because you know, we just ended and it's right off into the next one. Um, honestly, I do think that the Raylo stuff could have taken more time. And whereas like this, the chase scene obviously is so quick, but because of where TFA left off, I feel like it makes sense and it works within the film. Okay, nice. What do you I, think, Dale? I don't understand how you needed to start it off right away in the sense of you can, if you need to keep the gag of throwing a lightsaber over the cliff, if you need to keep <laughs> that gag, then you could have still advanced time forward. 
Um, you know, she could have been, you could have done like, he has ignored her for like three months as she stands outside waiting to be mentored. Like that's part of the same trope that they're already using. So I don't understand, um, uh, the need to still just only like have no time advance. So for you, it's an, it's terrible as well. Well, I, spoiler alert on yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, my bad. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I can say it's terrible. Um, because I think there is something nice about such a continued story. Mm. Um, but then I feel like you kind of need to keep the tone a little bit more similar than you do. <laughs> so that's, I guess so. Yeah. Terrible. I guess so. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Daryl? I almost want to let you go first so I can end it on so a positive note. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't, I don't mind. All right. You do. Um, I have, it's terrible. And this is actually most of the issues with the film for me. And you'll see this as we go through the topics occur because of the, t- the lack of the time jump, mm. because basically the lack of the time jump means that you cannot foreshadow anything because now granted he could have, he could have put a time jump in there as you just mentioned, Dale, yeah. but he chose not to do that, which then means that everything that occurs occurs basically within like a 48 hour period and that is ridiculous from a, for for from a writing perspective because you're going how can you how can your brain even get to a why for a lot of these things your brain's searching for a why and it can't get there because this happened 24 hours ago so for me it's terrible hmm. <sighs> <Yeah>. okay <laughs> um i i went with it's fine okay um with a, maybe a little bit of an uptick towards awesome but I went with fine because in reality, I would have been okay either way. Hmm. I'm sure that Ryan Johnson would have come up with a great way to have a time jump if that's what he'd chosen to do. The reason I like it as is, is because specifically with the relationships between Ray and Kylo and Ray and Luke, yeah, I feel like we need to see those relationships at that point. Hmm. Very true. I think we we need to see Ray and Luke meet, and we need to see her sort of work her way into his good graces. Okay. And see the journey of what meeting her does to him. I think that's more interesting than, you know, <clears throat> they meet and then we see them months later after they've already been, you know, mentor mentee and stuff like that. And I feel kind of the same way about Ray and Kylo. I think after the battle in the forest. And that whole thing of, you know, the force really coming alive in her and him seeing that, I feel like seeing their as immediate as possible reaction to that occurrence is also important. Mm. So that's why I like it. Yeah. So we already have started off on completely different pages, which is awesome. (laughs) I love it. We have split the podcast hosts. Yeah, we have. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. All right. So, Dale, what do you think about the humor? Uh, oh, it's awesome when it's awesome. <laughs> uh, for me, like I think the Poe and Hux moment is great. I think that was a, it plays to he did it with Kylo Ren. This is like you know he's like kind of rehashing an old joke. It's so Han Solo. Um, I there's a lot of things I love about that joke. Um, but then there's just a lot more. <laughs> And the timing is sometimes weird. Um, I think Chrome Dome is a good example. Uh, you know, he's basically fighting his slaver, and he's cracking jokes. Um, Reminds me, because I have something to say about that. Uh, I don't want. I don't need to give you any more ammo, Shannon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
yeah, so it, like I think it, I think when it when it hit, it hit, but it was too much quantity over quality, and it missed almost every other time. Mm. Mm, interesting. What about you, Daryl? Uh, yeah, I would say it's fine. Um, I agree. There, they could have dropped some of them, and we wouldn't have missed them. Yeah, I wouldn't have missed um, Chewy eating a porg like yeah, that wouldn't have hurt too bad um it's great though yeah chrome dome was weak i actually w- worse than chrome dome i thought was when dj called bb8 roundy uh, like, really that's the best you could come up with is sure, roundy yeah. yeah 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 but um uh dale you said that like the poe humor was very han solo-y which i think is an important point because one of the reasons I think the humor in this movie is good and we should have it is because we no longer have Han Solo, mm. ah. who brought a lot of the, hu- the humor into episodes four through seven. Mm. Mm. So I like I agree. I enjoyed most of it. We could have gone mm-hmm. without some of it. So the world had to become funnier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to fill the yeah. void. Exactly. Interesting. And there's just, I mean... Are you saying the humor awakens? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> That's what he's saying. That's exactly no. what he's saying. <laughs> I did not say that. Um, but like, I liked, I liked Finn walking around with the water, like, the suit, because I felt like that was accurate to his character. Finn naked leaking bag? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, see, that's interesting, because for me, you know, a lot of people, I've heard a lot of people complain that it's too lighthearted with all the humor and stuff like that, too many mm. jokes. And for me, there is something I think is too lighthearted, but it's not the jokes. It's the relationship between Poe and Finn. Is too and lighthearted. I, and I sort really? of felt that way in Force Awakens a little bit too. Hmm. It, it borders on cheesy for me. Uh, I, okay. I do kind of agree with you when they meet in Force Awakens because they're just like immediately friends. I've yeah. always just kind of written it off as their personalities. But that is like an inconsistency with Finn, especially considering where he came from. And they keep actually putting lines in like, Finn, buddy, you're alive. And... I'm so happy to see you. And it's yeah. like, act that out. Don't say it. Act it out. You oh, know what I mean? Sure, like sure, it's, sure. Yeah. I don't you, know. You mean it's like uh, um, Anakin and Obi-Wan going up the lift being like, weren't all those adventures we had together? We <laughs> 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 be such great friends. <laughs> we're such friends and it's so great. We were, not, that, we were like the greatest Jedis just up until this moment. Great times. <laughs> well, let's see what happens now. <laughs> Oh, I like that. That could be a whole podcast. That right there. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Um, so for me, the humor is fine as well, and I I tend to agree with exactly what you guys are both saying, which is sometimes it hits, sometimes it doesn't hit. I think the biggest problem for me is that sometimes the humor feels just off tone. So mm-hmm. like um, in, in the movie, I think, and actually, I heard the Empire podcast interviewed Ryan Johnson, and it's awesome. It's worth your time. Um, it actually cleared some things up for me, um, hearing his, hearing his perspective on it. But one of the things he said was he added all this humor and he was worried that it would become like too funny because he was trying to kind of create a darker Star Wars film. And for me, I, it does, it does do that. Like at times it takes me out of the darkness that, that exists in this film. Um, in a, in a way that I feel like, like you're saying is a little cheesy. Like you could have the, like when we had Han Han Solo's humor, um, it was always very sarcastic and sarcasm kind of cuts through the cheese right but in this in this kind of environment it's it doesn't feel sarcastic it feels like it's trying to be genuine 
but the tone doesn't speak to that. So it's just odd for me. So I would say it's mm-hmm. fine. doesn't really, really throw me out of it, but it just takes me out of it a little bit. Yeah, like, and I, I think I said it um, on our, like, Jedi, like, Last Jedi Spectacular episode or whatever <laughs> about how I felt the humor, it was tr- attempting to create balance in the film, but ended up creating this unbalanced film because mm. it it's just, yeah, this weird tonality to the humor at, like, this really weird time that doesn't always fit. Exactly, mm. exactly. All right, Shannon, let's hear it. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a whole lot to add. Like, I also said that it was it's fine. Um, I will say the more I see this film, the more it just makes sense to me. Like, it, it, like the first time I saw it, I remember feeling that imbalance that you guys talk about. But, like, the more I see it, the less I feel that way. And the more I just feel like it it does fit with their characters like even the chrome dome thing because like when finn saw phasma and he was just like yeah phasma i'm in charge now i'm in charge like and we're gonna throw you down a trash chute like he was all like pepped up and excited and i just feel like mm-hmm. that still is in line with him just saying like what's up chrome dome like that kind of stuff so i don't know i feel like it works yeah yeah actually and to the part where he's nodding and he's like why are you doing that what are you doing that for? Yeah. You know, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I, I guess that makes a really good point. And I think... I guess. I guess. I think, <laughs> well, it is, a, it is a really good point, but actually I think that that fits in The Force Awakens. Like, to me, right. that, that tone that tone fits perfectly. The problem is, is when you apply that same... Like, it sort of, it sort of would work for me if the movie was more like the Canto bite scenes. Because mm. that's Whoa. all pretty, like, fairly lighthearted. I mean, there's some, there's some deeper themes they're exploring, but it's not like it's... They're not treating those deeper. They're treating those deeper themes like Star Wars treats deeper themes a lot of times, where it's like, wait a minute, they're slaves and that's <laughs> messed up, but yeah. this is not treating it that way. So, from a certain point of view, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. Exactly. All right, let's move on to the slow speed chase. Daryl, what do you think about the slow speed chase? All right, let me see how many groans I get out of this. <laughs> <laughs> it is awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. No groans. I'm not okay. groaning yet. Continue. Groaning Continue. Yet. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I want to hear, hear why it's awesome. Okay. First of all, it is completely unlike any other Star Wars film we've seen. It's a very tight plot structure, which I like. Mm-hmm. I think that's cool. Um, so, and a theme t- to me enjoying this movie is I really like the different choices that Ryan Johnson made. Because he clearly made some choices to be different deliberately and subvert people's expectations. And that's a big part of why it's divisive. Either you're going to like it or you're not. Yeah. For the most part, it hits me in all the ways that I think he was hoping it would hit people. But um, other reasons I like it is... Okay, when I go back and think about the other Star Wars films in the original trilogy, Mm -hmm. it was always very obvious to me that the Empire had like had way more resources than the rebels did Mm -hmm. just endless endless machines and and imperial walkers and tie fighters and stormtroopers and giant star destroyers and all this stuff right and the rebels just didn't have anything on that level and it looked that way ewoks sorry (laughs) you're right yeah yeah ewoks and giant logs to bash (laughs) walkers heads but um it always appeared that way but nobody ever recognized it in the movie. Mm. Like, they never mm-hmm. talked about it. They never talked about how big the Empire was and how small we are. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you just know. 
Yeah. Yeah. But it's nice to see it addressed. And I feel like this plot structure really addresses it well because it makes a lot of sense that the First Order would bring the Resistance to the point, to the brink of hopelessness simply because they're just so much bigger Hmm. and they can outlast them and they have more resources and they can go longer and they can just wait until they burn themselves out. Hmm. So I think from that perspective, it's really interesting. Nice. Um, for me, it is fine. It is the, the only problems I have with it is uh, the problems that it sets up because of the time jump. And so you have to have this because of the time jump. Or the, or sorry, you have to have this because of the lack of the time jump, right? So the only way you get here, because otherwise you would just say, okay, well, they, they left. They is now two years later and they've set up another base somewhere else and whatever. Um, but I do think that because this is a slow speed chase and because they literally had nothing for Finn to do, it sets up my worst part of this film. <laughs> and so that part of it for me is where I have issues with it. The slow speed chase itself, I actually think is fine. I agree with you 100%. Like that part of it doesn't bother me. It's the other things that happen because of the slow speed chase that bother me. Mm-hmm. So what about you, Shannon? Uh, well, I agree with Daryl. I think it's awesome. Um, yeah. A lot of the same reasons. I think it's awesome. Like it adds that urgency. And by the end of it, you really feel the hopelessness of the resistance. Like there are so few of them. I just remember when I saw Force, um, yeah, The Force Awakens, I, like again, I was struck by, oh, well, the First Order is evil because they're evil. Resistance is good because they're good. Like I, I just wasn't super like, seeing why I should be behind the resistance other than the fact that they're the little guys, they're fighting for the Republic, whatever, that kind of stuff. But by the end of this movie, it it's like I was rooting for them. I felt for them when like all of their shuttles were being shot at. Like I felt the gravity of it. And I feel like having them just constantly being shot at by this giant ship and at the end of it they're just being like less than a hundred of them. Like you really feel that with the way that they did this. Hmm. All right, Dale. I also think it's awesome. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. The and Say it ain't so. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> For a few reasons. One, it's a space version of a storming the castle scene, but like because it's space and they're ships, it has to be in reverse. Um, so, <laughs> right? Like, it's weird, right? Like, you like they're not attacking, they're running away. But I guess you could say it's like a naval battle. But, no, it, it's like this, again, because it's, it's a war of attrition. And that's more of my point of why it's like a castle battle scene. And it is this, you know, it was the first time in Star Wars where they're like, you can't lose 12 ships, you idiot. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, how, we have two more ships now. Like, that's it. Um, and that's the first time they've ever done that because it's always, you know, there's been three Death Stars. Um, so they're like, throw everything at it. Um, and they lost an entire solar system. They just lost an entire solar system dedicated to what they stood for. So, of course, they're low on reserves. And, of course, these people, like, um, pop up that we've never seen before because they're like, yeah, I don't have a planet to go to. We're, like, trying to run away. We're They're like Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> you know, they're, like, trying They're trying to find somewhere to go. Um, so I think it's, it was just, I thought it was so cool. And I just, I love the idea. Like we can be at the, the outer range of their blast and they're just like, 
the mental game of like just keep shooting at them you know again it was again like Battlestar Galactica the episode 33 when the Cylons pop up every 33 minutes they just have to keep oh. like going on and going on so so good yeah so, <laughs> so I, that's that's why I like the slow speed chase nice nice wow that was that was three awesomes and it's fine sorry <laughs> I said it's fine I guess the verdict. I guess that means the verdict. I'm not. I'm not yeah. too worried about it. You're not as excited about it as you should be. Apparently. <laughs> oh, we'll see what happens with this next yeah. topic. Yeah. Oh yeah, this one is probably one of the most contested things online. <laughs> do not look at the comments of YouTube videos about this topic. Oh yeah, do not. Uh, and that is Leia using the Force, or as it's come to be known, the Mary Poppins scene. <laughs> And I'm first up on this one, and I'm going to say probably the most controversial thing you're going to hear me say on this podcast. I think it's awesome. Whoa! It would have been more awesome if you heard Michael Rooker's voice in the background. Going, <laughs> Mary Poppins, y'all! Oh my God. <laughs> well, yeah. Has that been no, done that yet? That's must amazing. must cross market movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all Disney. It's all yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> so here's the thing. I do not understand any of the complaints here. So if you guys have complaints, you're going to have to talk me into it because we just got to see Leia use the Force. And there is no way you're telling me that Luke didn't teach Leia over the 30 plus odd years of them um, being around one another that he didn't teach her some things. See, I don't even think of it that way. I don't think of it as him teaching her anything. I think of it as her having ability. That yeah, we've well, that's what I mean. As many, she, she has the ability anyways. And that's what Ryan Johnson said. Ryan Johnson yeah. said, mm-hmm. um, he's like, well, she just reacts in that moment. Like she doesn't even, she's not even totally conscious. She just reacts and she has this ability. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine too. But why would we assume that the twin sister of the most powerful person in the entire galaxy would not say like, Hey, you want to teach me how to move stuff? Cause like, I would like to know how to do stuff. <laughs> I'm tired of getting up and reach for this. Yeah, exactly. Like I need the remote control and <laughs> I don't want to get up. Um, so for me, I, uh, I think that what it also does is what this scene also does is that we knew that Carrie Fisher, may she rest in peace, had already died. And the fact that she pulls herself into the ship is shocking because you're like, oh, that's it. That's how they that's how they dealt with this issue. Um, a real world issue. How are they going to deal with it in this story? And it is shocking that they don't go there, which I thought was amazing. Like I, I was ready to tear up and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. This is this is completely unexpected, which sort of speaks to the quality of the movie and sort of doesn't. Yeah, because that was the plan before she died. Mm Exactly. The only choice that Ryan made was not to change it. Not to change it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But um, so yeah, that's 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 my answer. What do you think, Shannon? So I originally, when I saw this, it, it kind of irritated me because I was like, "Well, that was your moment. Like, you you should have killed her there." Like, and I just I I struggled with like, was she really needed in the rest of the film? But like after hearing about like what Ryan said how it was just like instinctual for her to use the force that way I do really like that we have this scene because like you said like she's the twin sister of like one of the most powerful Jedi like of course she can do something like that and plus I do think in nine whether we get like her death in the crawl or whatever that's gonna add so much like emotional weight like right off the bat to like everything so i'm really looking forward to that so i actually think this scene is awesome nice mm-hmm. all right dale i think this scene is terrible <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> 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 um but 
I don't think it's terrible for the facts that lays as a force. I think that's awesome. I think that her using it, using it uh, through instinct and just saving herself, super cool. I was I was impressed. I'm like, good on them to keep the story the way they, it was supposed to be kept. Totally threw me for a loop. Good job. Like, that was your moment, but whatever. Um, uh, you know, like, cool that you kept it. My problem with it is that no one, like a panel of what, a hundred people, like a hundred executives, like everybody in charge of this film sat there and watched that scene and was like, yeah, that doesn't look awkward at all. Mm. <laughs> that, that totally looks sweet and awesome. The CG is like the best we've ever done. It is like a hair uh, log. I will it, give it, you that. <laughs> like all you had to do was show her move a little bit and then go into the door. We didn't need her to fly past space junk and, like, be at a weird, like, 32-degree angle. It was soup. Like, it's just visually poor filmmaking in my mind. And I don't know how no one was like, this looks weird, guys. Um, and that's, my, that's why I think it's terrible because I think it's a moment of um, sometimes Ryan Johnson will sacrifice everything for the sake of the story and i think this is a moment where he wanted it to be a very particular way and no matter how it looked he decided to do it for the story and it just kind of really looks bad mm, mm. <laughs> daryl you gonna close this out here yeah i'm gonna go not in the middle but Somewhere in between. Okay. This is where I'm going to start subverting your rating system. <laughs> I, it, doesn't, it had to happen before. It doesn't you know. work for me on this one. <laughs> it's it's in between fine and awesome for me. I think it's really good. Okay. And um, part of what keeps it from getting up to awesome is some similar to what Dale is talking about. I do think um, I don't necessarily mind, you know, like seeing her fly through space and stuff like that. Like I'm okay with that. It really does look like Mary Poppins. That's not <laughs> That's not a fake thing. It really does look like that. Yeah. But um That'll be the Mary Poppins trailer. My actual so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The my biggest thing was I feel like there's a tiny little missed opportunity for a really powerful one second beat that oh. they could have thrown in. Okay. Cuz basically she gets blown out into space. Mm -hmm. She's there still. And then her hands move, her eyes open, and she starts floating. Mm. There's mm -hmm. no struggle in that for me. I would have uh, liked to have seen a tad bit of struggle of her having to exert some harsh level of will or something to make that happen. Yeah. Just a slight little hint of overcoming something uh, I think would have been really cool. Good point. But yeah. I love the fact that we get to see her use the Force. I have no problem with that. I agree with, you know, she's yeah. the twin of the most powerful Jedi. That's totally cool. And this is one of one of what I think are several unapologetically poetic moments that Ryan Johnson puts in this movie. Yeah. Where he's like, I don't care about the physics. I don't care what the fans are going to think. I want this moment to be beautiful and I'm going to make it how I want to make it. Mm. I think there's several of those and I love all of them. Okay. And I actually, I have to admit that it doesn't look the best to me at all. I just, I just got over it faster. Like I'm just like, yeah, know, this look amazing. It's just fine. Maybe I'll get over it. Like it, with uh, Rogue One, I really when the first time I heard, uh, uh, "Don't choke on your aspiration," I like, <laughs> I was like, that was too punny. It's supposed to be a turn of phrase. It's too like it's, uh, but, but, but it's 
second time, I, no. Yeah. yeah well. <laughs> but then the second time I saw it, I was like, oh, that's yeah. See, Dale, you just bad. need to see Last Jedi again. Come on, man. I know. <laughs> okay, so now we're at one of the big ones, and this is one of the ones we're going to expand upon because this is Daryl's uh, expansion topic. What about the Canto Bite subplot? Shannon, kick us off. Okay, so I want to start off by saying that I, I made a video about this because I will die on this hill. It A lot of people hate the Canto Bite stuff. I think it adds character development and it adds world building. We learn a lot about like how other people feel about this war going on. I feel like without like directly without like them directly saying it, we're just like observing. And it also just hammers home that theme of failure. Like they're going on this grand plan and it really shows that just because you're the good guys, just because you think that you're doing the right thing does not mean it's all gonna work out for you. So like, yes, they go to Canto Bite and it all amounts to nothing, but Finn comes such a long way as a character and we get to spend all that time with Rose and I think it's great. So Shannon is number one. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dale, what do you think? Um, I think it's fine. I, f- I, I think that it's all of those things that Shannon says. Um, but there was missed opportunities to improve the scene. And I think, um, for example, Lando Calrissian really should have been the guy wearing the flower, the flower on his uh, oh, jacket. Oh man, that would have been so cool. <laughs> um, and two, DJ should have later explained in one sentence that he was in that jail because he lost everything, including his uh, lapel pin, in the casino. And because DJ is clearly more the guy that a Maz Kanata would send to them to go find. Mm. So you think DJ was the code breaker she he, was talking about? Always, always. But they don't explain it. They didn't take the time to explain it. It could be edited out. Who knows? But it could have been a w- one line to just explain it. Because otherwise, yeah, it, it's just they got out of a situation through coincidence, which is like a red flag in storytelling. So but a common trope in yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, 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 that's true. I do uh, agree with you that they should have added that. But I think in The Art of the Last Jedi that like that other guy was always the master code breaker but i do agree with you that would have been an interesting thing to add in yeah like i just uh, yeah and and also i i wanted pod pod racers instead of those animal things when (laughs) when as soon as i saw a track as soon as i saw a track i was like oh yeah pod racing it's gonna be awesome and then it wasn't (laughs) that's so wizard instead it was animal cruelty (laughs) yeah yeah exactly um but no i but i agree with uh, shannon on all those uh, points of what it is Uh, i just felt like it was one of those um just filmmaking moments where they felt like they could have made it a little better Mm. Okay, since you're going to take us down a new path, yeah, do you want to go, go first or me go first? You go ahead. So this is the biggest problem I have with the film, and Shannon is correct. In fact, um, Shannon has a video where she talks about this on YouTube, um, to which all of the Story Geeks replies <laughs> are me. <laughs> just, just FYI. <laughs> um, I figured. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and I don't, I don't actually mean to, to argue with people on this. This is, again, where... The writer in me just just really struggles with this. Um, there's nothing inherently wrong about having a subplot that helps your theme, but my problem is is that when you have a subplot that actually doesn't actually come back to addressing your plot at all, then I have 
some pretty big issues with that. Um, so I do think that this, if you're going to take this scene, um, it is the worst part of the movie for me, which is a bummer because I really like Rose. Um, I, I think Rose is a great character. Um, I think that uh, she is somebody that adds more diversity to Star Wars, which I think is fantastic. Um, however, this subplot is literally because Ryan Johnson was like, what the hell are we going to have Finn do? <laughs> right and so so let me just let me just set this up for why i am so disturbed by it one the only reason we have this is because of the lack of a time jump and the need for finn to, to do something right two um that means it sets up this really weird thing this very awkward scene with maz kanata which i don't know why we see maz kanata at all um apparently fighting some other battle like literally five or six hours after she fought the last one um, it's a union dispute, she said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like my whole place got just totally destroyed. I'm gonna go fight a union battle now. Uh, it's very awkward. She's Anyways, just a badass. Then, <laughs> she does. <yeah. laughs> then we move uh, straight into this. Um, we're in this slow speed chase, right? But it's like, you know what? We can have one ship that flies all across the galaxy, just trying to get different resources to help us out in this slow speed chase. That's a really good point. Uh, I never thought of that. It's really awkward. Uh, why would you do that? You know. Why don't you send some more people on there to go find some other ships to come bring back with you or something? Um, so I just don't like that part of it. I do think that there are some cool themes. I mean, Angie um, from Network 1901 did a video about animal rights. I think that if you pick that up from this subplot, that's great. I'm glad that, that, that it resonates for you like that way. That's, that's cool. But at the end of the day, every single part of this subplot has zero to do with the main plot and it was just something for finn and rose to do this entire time and i do think it sets up some interesting now granted i want to give shannon the acknowledgement of saying it does develop finn's character for sure it develops the rose character as well for sure um but again it is doing that in a vacuum in my opinion so i have a lot of issues with it but i can see why people liked it as well but for me, it's terrible. Is this the one that I'm going to rant about? Yeah. It's true. Once you picked it, I'm like, yep, I'm going to rant about that. <laughs> one, one thing one thing I, I could just bring up, too, is, you know, you had Han Solo frozen in carbonate for a good chunk of time. Mm -hmm. I, you know, like, there's a good chunk of time. Could we have not had Finn frozen for a good chunk of time as well? You know, exactly. just, mm. you know, and, and kind of bring drama to him by he's like totally knocked out. Like make that be, like, like really, if you think about it, it is kind of weird that Ray's like so fine with um Kylo Ren after he like made her best friend unconscious, like <laughs> <laughs> made him unconscious. <laughs> like That's interesting. It's the scientific term. It's obviously yeah. the scientific yeah. term. Yeah. Well, what else did he do? I don't know. He cut his back, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> he, he's in a coma. I don't know. I, I mean, but those puppy dog time. eyes. Yeah, that's right. He's so small. <laughs> ben Solo. <laughs> yeah. He's small. He's, that's what he's, when he's reading. He was just reading. That's why yeah. he's so small. Yeah, sweaty. he was just reading. God yeah. damn. <laughs> by, the way, by the way, I didn't put this on here, but he does gain however many pounds of muscle in this 24-hour period. <laughs> they have great gyms in the First Order ship. I mean, oh, you yeah. don't know he what has, he looks he like under the, that little uh, dress. Sith, now you Sith do. Sith steroids. 
Yeah. It's yeah. It all makes pack. me think of something they said <laughs> on the Empire podcast that you were talking about uh-huh. that I can't quote directly because yeah. we try not to use that kind of language <laughs> if necessary. Yeah. But they say something like, um, Ray loves Kylo, Finn yeah. loves Ray, Rose loves Finn. And Poe will hit anything. Oh, yeah. It's true. True. <laughs> Pansexual so power. True. That is so true. It's a good thing that uh, Poe didn't meet the uh, the real code breaker, the master code oh, breaker. Could you imagine? <laughs> oh, there's too much sexual tension in that room. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh. What were we talking about? Right. Cancel Black. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> Writing fan fictions. What? Okay. Here's my thing about Cantabite. I think. It is not pointless. I think there is some actually vital stuff that happens in Cantabite, but it happens in a very, very poor way. So I think one of the most important through lines of this film is Rose and Finn from the perspective of getting to the point where Rose is ready to say, we can't win this war by fighting what we hate. We win this war by saving what we love. And the Cantabite thing is part of what gets us there because we see, you know, quote unquote, real world struggle beyond the fight between the First Order and the Resistance. We see that this oppression and this darkness in the world is affecting other people than the ones just on these ships that are chasing each other through the space. So that is important. The way they do it is really unfortunate to me because... It does feel, first of all, it does feel like the prequels, which is good. Shannon, you mentioned world building in that sense. It is good for world building. But whether you're a fan of the prequels or not a fan of the prequels, I think it's distracting. I think it's awkward. It doesn't fit the tone. Um, and then I also think DJ can be completely removed from this film. I don't no question. I don't think we need him <laughs> at all. Interesting. And I don't like that they put Benicio del Toro in this film because that's a bit of a distraction for me too. I feel like all the casting is very careful and then they go and take this big name and slap him in this small role and it's like feels like stunt casting and I'm like I don't like that. But mm. I don't think we need DJ to learn us something big and tell us mm. that there's gray in the world between the good guys and the bad guys. Not only do I not think we need that, I think it's more effective if we get that from Ray and Kylo and not from other areas of the mm, film. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. You know, if that's where the gray comes in yeah. and then we see how that affects everything around them, mm. you know? So I think I do like uh, the kids and, you know, the broom kid and stuff like that. <laughs> broom boy. That, that's the hope of the future. You need that. But I think a totally, I'm going to pitch a little bit here, I guess. I think a, a totally it. different way that they could have gone would be not going to a gambling planet. I agree. You're right. I'd never thought about it before, but the fact that it's so far away and they can just go there, that is weird. Mm-hmm. So it would be good if it was someplace closer or something. I don't know. But if they had to go and do something on a planet somewhere where we could see the oppression and the heavy hand that the first order has on the galaxy at large. Mm. 
So maybe we finally see Star Wars handle slavery <laughs> in an appropriate way right, and right. see the First Order having slaves or just something, see what their effect is on somebody outside of the resistance, hmm. which I think is what they were trying to do with Cantabite, but just not the right way to do it, hmm. I don't think. So like maybe go to like Rose's, like a, a planet like Rose's home world where they've been sure. strip mining, like that kind sure. of thing. Yeah. What mm. about uh, a stormtrooper training facility? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that would have been cool. And you, yeah, then you've got something for Finn to do. Well, and and mm. there's a poetry to it, right? Totally. Finn mm. going to free a bunch of like training stormtroopers. Yeah. I have a feeling that'll happen in nine. Something along those lines. I feel like it will happen. Well, and Finn is the other angle of it for me. I do like that we get to see a hero moment for Finn. We get a couple of them. Yep. I do like that he gets to face Phasma. Mm -hmm. I know we'll talk about that scene later. Mm -hmm. I have some other issues with that, how they did that scene, but um, I like that all that stuff happens. I kind of wish that they would have pushed it to episode nine mm. and spent episode eight disillusioning Finn even further Okay. and darkening him up. You know, and putting him on this journey where in Force Awakens, he makes this, you know, this uh, bold choice where he's going to leave the First Order. He's going to join the Resistance. And that's great. I would I'd like to see that confidence break down in Episode 8 and give him some place to go in Episode 9. Hmm. I think that would have made him a more interesting character. Yeah, you could do that by keeping him in the, you know, the water bag or whatever for longer. <laughs> um so I think it was just, it was bad framework and it was rushed. Yeah. But there's, I think that crucial through line of the hope that comes out of it yeah. can't be ignored. Because that line that Rose says at the end of the movie, you know, you, you're not going to win by fighting what you hate. You're going to win by saving what you love. Uh -huh. That is one of the most beautiful lines I've heard in any movie anywhere, I think. Yeah. That is such a good summary of why you would go to war. Yeah. I like it. I think I could get behind your changes for sure. And actually, if you go the stormtrooper route and you actually see, this is what would solve all the problems for me. Um, imagine that uh, Finn and Rose encounter um, similar things. It, they're at a stormtrooper facility. They do not encounter DJ. They bring something back that can help. Like maybe they're, they're, they're bringing something back that would help repair the hyperdrive or give fuel to the hyperdrive or whatever, right? They actually do bring it back, but it doesn't work for some reason. Like yeah. to me, like all of that would be, okay, that's actually more consistent. It's simpler. Like biohexacrypt, like we do we need to even know that? Like that's just like <laughs> yeah. a term you're throwing out there. I mean, so I, I can get behind that for sure. And I totally get behind um Dale's like bring in Lando Calrissian. Like how <laughs> yeah, dope good. would that be? So I, I like could that. See lot. him like at a you know at a gambling table and yeah. another guy thinks that he's cheating and he's like oh, i'm altering the deal pray <laughs> i don't alter it any further <laughs> you know <laughs> i like it i like it um another side of all of this that i wanted to throw in too is the uh the code breaker thing yeah and even the whole tracking through hyperspace thing. Oh, yeah. i like the idea of them being able to track through hyperspace that's important because that's why the chase is effective but they said this on the Empire podcast. Yeah. They made a really good point when Finn and Rose are talking about it. And they're like, they have the realization. They're like, so they could only be tracking us from the lead ship. <laughs> and everybody on Empire is like, 
why? Yeah. <laughs> why is that? How does case? that make sense? It's like, yeah, okay. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. That's awesome. Okay, so now we're going to jump into Poe Dameron and Vice Admiral Haldo. And there is a lot of controversy about this relationship as well. So, Dale, what do you think about it? Um, I, I guess it's fine. I'll do the. I'll stick with the convention. Um, <laughs> uh, I felt like it was. A, I had as much problem with the casting as I did with Benicio del Toro because it does feel that way. Like I don't know. She's just. She's so much like another person in this. In the sense, you know, I don't. I don't know. I just. I, I, I've never felt like she embodied this vice admiral Holdo, and. Uh, it was kind of like, wow, Ellie Sattler grew some balls. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It just, I don't, I don't think it was like a great performance in acting either. Uh, you know, I don't know. It just, it just kind of was weird. Uh, but and then I felt like it was like he had this adversary, like she's like be like humble to the point where it's a detriment that's not a positive quality like she's not including like yes he got a demotion or whatever but like you know he's like even at the end of the movie leia like visually hands him the torch with her eyeballs so like (laughs) you know he's like the guy who needs to be in the know why are you sounds really painful (laughs) (laughs) i know i talk weird it's because I'm from Canada. <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah. Anyway, so that's my my okay. why it's okay. fine. All right. Daryl? I think it's awesome. But for probably a pretty unexpected reason. So I can see what you're saying about Laura Dern. I, I don't know that they needed such a recognizable face to play that character. If it was well written, it could have been anybody. It didn't, it didn't bug me as much as Benicio Del Toro bugged me. Hmm. Yeah. Um... Well, that's because it's also like uh, Johnny Depp at the end of Fantastic Beasts. <laughs> uh, you're right. It's oh, just kinda, you're just like, what are you doing here? <laughs> Get back on your pirate ship. <laughs> and I should—I don't know if she'd want me to say this, but after seeing that movie, my wife was really seriously talking about having purple hair. <laughs> I mean, I have purple hair. She should do it. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll have her talk to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason I think it's awesome is because it highlights how much these people love and respect Leia in a certain way, because they are willing to do anything to further her vision and support her and follow her. And in, it makes sense that in this like heightened sense of tension and in this desperate time, when they're also running from these other ships that they're not going to make the best choices, you know, they're going to react to everything. And so for me, that's kind of how it hits me is, She's trying to do what Leia would want her to do and Poe's trying to do what Leia would want her to do. Mm-hmm. And they just don't agree on what that is and they're button heads. And um, I think they, they could have worked to put a little bit more depth into Holdo. Mm-hmm. Um, most of her depth comes from her connection to Leia, which I think was a good tack, but I don't know how they would have done that. Hmm. I've heard she's in books too, right? Like yeah, she's, she's not... in uh, Leia, Princess of Alderaan. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you've read those, then you kind of know her a little bit. I don't know. If, yeah. I, it would be fun to have that perspective. I'm I'm not a big reader, so I, I watch movies. But um, You should get Shannon to explain books to you. It's great. I've heard she does yeah, that. Yeah. I do do that. I've heard. So, yeah, I think from that perspective, from just showing the uh, the influence that Leia has on all these people, I think it's awesome. 
I also think it's awesome. In addition to the reasons that you stated, um, which I didn't necessarily think about, but I think is really insightful. I would say that she is the perfect counter to Poe. I, like Dale said, the way that Leia treats Poe in the beginning is so good. Like, look what you did. You like, we already have um, an emaciated fleet and you did this stupid heroic thing and you took out our entire bomber fleet and we don't have bombers anymore. Um, so this is a, this is a dude who is super cocky and it is costing them not only lives, but costing them the war. He wants to win the battle to be Poe Dameron at the expense of the war. And, um, and I think like Poe doesn't learn that lesson unless he runs up against someone who's willing to treat him like she treats him. Um, and I don't care if it's, if it's male or female. Like, I think that the dynamic doesn't really matter. I think that this handled really well here. Um, and I think, uh, that she doesn't tell Poe her plan because, because I have heard this before too. Like, well, why wouldn't she just tell him her plan? Like, he's like, obviously going to take over the resistance one day. He, she doesn't tell him cause that's his, that's his weakness. Yep. His weakness is doing stupid things. Like, why would there you tell someone the plan when their weakness is doing stupid things? Um, so for me, well, his weakness is not being able to see the big picture. Yeah. yeah, his weakness is, is we have to win the fight we're in right now. Exactly. So exactly. you should show him the big picture so he doesn't go run off and do something that he's not supposed to. But that's the thing. <laughs> he, would, he would probably fight her on that, though. That's why I think she doesn't tell him because he would have just fought her anyway. Him, and it still would have happened. Put him in the brig. But at least you like did what you're supposed to do to like one of your most powerful leaders in your group. Mm-hmm. I don't know. See, see, I see it a little differently because I see it as we've already seen what happens when you tell Poe what you're going to do. He, okay. he countered yeah. Leia. He countered Leia. Yeah, Leia yeah, is sure. the best of the best. <laughs> sure. And he's like, yeah, screw yeah. that, dude. I'm going to do whatever I want. Yeah, to. I'm going to just turn yeah. off my comms. Yeah. <laughs> so that. I think if I'm, if I'm Haldo, I'm sitting there going like, yeah, yeah. right. I'm telling right. this guy anything, right? Yeah. yeah. You need more control over him. I get exactly. It. Yeah. So I, I actually think that it worked out really well. I liked Laura Dern in the role personally. I thought she did a good job. I think, even the fact that her stature, she's tall and she's standing over Poe. Yeah. It's kind of like, look, dude, look, get out of the way. You know, yeah. I thought all of that was really cool. So I'm, I'm on a, it's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm on it's awesome as well for basically I, I completely agree with Jay. The one thing I want to add is that it adds again to this theme of like miscommunication. Um, Cause we, we'll probably, I'll probably talk about it when we talk about Ray and Kylo, but with them, you see that they kind of want the same thing, but they have different ways of going about it. And I think Holdo and Poe show that as well. Like, they both want the resistance to get away, but they're not talking to each other and they have very different ideas of how to achieve this goal. And because of that, it results in basically Poe getting everybody, including Ad- Admiral Holdo, killed. So it's mm. it's weird because it's almost like they couldn't communicate because of all of the reasons that Jay just said. But if they had, could things have gone differently? I honestly don't think so. I think Poe still would have done everything that he already did. I think even if you threw him in the brig, he still would have somehow managed to stage a mutiny. But I don't know. I think it, I just, it really shows that miscommunication theme. It would have been pretty interesting, though, if they would have thrown him in the brig and then... Uh, Finn and Rose were like their whole plot line was to try and, and to figure out how to get him out. out. Yeah. Yeah. 
That'd been that'd been kind of an interesting little sideline. Yeah. Well, and then when he came out, Finn could have been Poe, buddy. You're free. Yeah. <laughs> We're best friends. <laughs> Let's hug again. Let's yeah. hug. Storm pilot. I like that. I like that you wear my jacket. You still look great. <laughs> in it. You know what that jacket's made out of? Boyfriend material. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right, let's get into the next topic. Ray's continued supersonic growth in the force. Daryl, you're up first. It's unfortunate that I'm up first because my first answer to this is really. <laughs> is that a thing? <laughs> so, Dale, did I hear that you were the one that? That, that said the supersonic thing? Well, actually, uh, I say Super Saiyan. Yes. Yeah, Dragon Ball Z. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. It's, okay. It's more of a Dragon Ball Z. There's a, there's a whole imagery thing. Well, let's wait until we get to my part. Okay. <laughs> I think Dale's going to expand on this. Yeah. I'll, I'll say th- why. This will uh, be a Dale expansion. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I don't... Um, and again, you can, you can talk me out of this later. That's fine. But... Sure. Um, to me, it doesn't feel out of place. And I don't know if that's what you're thinking, but to me, it works just fine because I sort of see Ray as it's not the same thing where we see Luke has like an inkling of the force and then he gets trained up by Yoda and by Ben. And we see Anakin has an inkling in the force and he gets trained up by, by, by uh, Obi-Wan. And it feels in this, I mean, the name of the first movie is The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Like, it really feels like a different thing where there's something in Ray, for one reason or another that I kind of hope we don't know yet, um, really did literally just click on. Like, hmm. it awoke in her. And she even says that she's afraid of it. And Luke says that he's only seen power like this once before and he wasn't afraid enough of it then and he is now. And so to me, there's this real sense that it hasn't been like a really quick learning curve for her so much as something just clicked and she's on this journey to understand it. Hmm. So um, it doesn't bother me all that much. So I'm saying it's fine, but I do understand the argument because... Oh yeah, that was my answer too. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do understand the argument because um, if you take every other Jedi that we know of, uh, especially if you take somebody like Kylo, who is in the sort of like um, quote unquote new, the new Jedi, right? Or the new Sith um, or the new, whatever, <laughs> whatever name he's not using. Um, they, there's always a why to their development and it's the next step. They have to learn something to then, then do the next thing. Right. It didn't bother me in the force awakens when Ray um, developed her powers, because in, in, in many regards, I felt like she was mimicking kylo ren so everything she saw him do she's like oh i'm gonna try and reverse engineer this really quick and then figure out how to do it like she figures out how to do how to uh, use the jedi mind trick on the guard right um so that didn't bother me as much and also because they foreshadowed kylo's injury so much so that didn't bother me either the problem is you have kylo ren who took on luke skywalker took fully took on luke skywalker and you have him and that's like what i mean how many years do you think he's been learning 20 years i don't know how old he is but he's been learning his whole life and then ray really is like three days like four days like but don't you think that's super interesting like Hopefully yeah. they explain it. If, if they it's don't explained, explain, if, if it's they don't, explained, then, yeah, you're right. It's weird. That's but. that's my issue though. Like so again, this is where I go back to the time jump. 
if we got some like either backstory or something where we could go like okay now i understand it if we could see her mimic luke like luke's maybe like like doing a few things and she's learning maybe she's learning from the, the books or something while luke is off she's trying to convince luke of something else maybe even yoda appears to her and starts teaching her something i don't know just give me a why so for me it's not the worst thing in the world i still don't think ray is a mary sue and i reject that notion um, but I do think that the problem I have with it is that I'm still wondering why. So. so the thing is, though, we have the answer to that question because Snoke tells Kylo, as your power grows, so too will your equal in the light. And that's Rey. So as she awakens, she is immediately Kylo's equal in the light if he's the dark. So I think it makes perfect sense. Um, and I, again, I guess I, I guess I could get behind that and by saying like, yes, that makes sense. I think Ex- I took that a little bit more figuratively than that. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I was going to say. I took it a little more figur- figuratively too, because like Luke was obviously that to the emperor and Vader, well, but that still took a little bit more time and Luke never really got there. It's just that his, his goodness got him there. It, it comes down to their force bond though. Um, me and my friend kind of talk about like theorizing and we think that that bond has been there for a lot longer than um, it's led on to have been there and we just it makes sense that to bring balance there's gonna have to be two force users that are equals that balance each other out and so I feel like when this awakening happened it was in her to balance kylo so like they exist together you can't have one without the other they are equals in their power and that's one of the things that makes the throne room scene so cool because they are completely in balance Mm. interesting i like that perspective Mm -hmm. i still need i think i still need a why (laughs) but i like that perspective but how cool will it be if we get the why in episode nine it'll be awesome i think (laughs) and i think we'll get a lot of that from jj abrams but yeah well yeah, this this question's like so many parts in my mind. Um, am I allowed to? Can I answer now? Yeah, you, you're up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, great. I think it's awesome. Um, and I think it's awesome for like, well, the potential for uh, many different possibilities. Now, I'll say this: How long did Luke Skywalker train for before he was able to guide a missile through a very small hole into a reactor core with his mind? <laughs> <laughs> long enough that he could he could fight the thing with the blast yeah. shield down. <laughs> yeah. and, and how much training did he have when he was able to use his mind to call a lightsaber to him if, if, while he was hanging upside down in a frozen cave? Not very much training. Exactly. <laughs> um, the thing for me, where it all starts from, is that I think that this it's all about Ray's lineage, and the whole everything's been about Ray's lineage. Cool. We'll and, talk about that. <laughs> but the, everything's been about Ray's lineage in this, in The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi. It talks about it a lot. And with with when we have the mirror scene, uh, and she sees herself over and over and over again is what that tells me is that not she is who she is 
because of who she is, it tells me that she's everybody and everything, and she's from everybody and everything. And what's in everybody and everything? The Force. Um, and because we know that people can be born from the Force. One of the people born from the Force was Anakin Skywalker. Uh, Anakin Skywalker had an ability to um, use uh, Jedi Mind Trick, um, was the second most skilled lightsaber uh, fighter after Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, was able to talk to technology uh, using the Force. Um, you know, as a young kid, was able to pilot devices that other humans couldn't pilot. Uh, Ray was able to take over the Millennium Falcon without ever flying it before and able to fly it like it better than anyone's ever flown it before. So for me, it all kind of starts from the fact that I think that she's born from the Force. Whether or not a Palpatine or a, a Plagueis created her doesn't matter. I think she's born from the Force. Um, what's cool about the supersonic growth in force is that, um, it leads to new force abilities. And that's one of the things that we get to see in this movie is new force abilities. And one of the things that Luke says is it's like, she saw the darkness and like, didn't even care. She just was like, whatever, let's go check it out. More stuff, more answers. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, like Luke's remembering himself and Dagobah being like, um, this cave's a little scary. Huh? <laughs> Um, That's and my so she, she, yeah, she just, she, yeah, exactly. Yeah. She just jumps in and like, it's like, what's up mirror. Tell me all the answers. Like doesn't care at all. And he, that's the thing that like, other than the, I've seen this power before. That's the thing that bugged him the most about her was like, you didn't even care. You're just like, I want to find my answers. I'm going to go anywhere to find them. And so I think that will lead to this ability to, for her to be more of a gray Jedi, if you will, and use, um, light and dark moves and what the supersonic growth uh, for me, I I'm, I'm saying that she's going to go super Saiyan. And so is Kylo Ren um, in the sense of that. They're going to, there's a, the force is like a well, and they're the only two people who use the force uh, in the, in this type of manner. Like other people have force abilities as we've shown that the whole galaxy is in tune with the force The force again, it flows through us. It's everywhere and everything. Um, but there's two people who can channel it in like, a, in a real sense. And uh, so they have this, the most of this power. And I feel that she'll tap into the Sith rage that we know Anakin can do. And uh, Kylo Ren, I'm going to guess he has Sith rage. He's like the angriest, like dark Sith we've ever seen or dark Jedi we've ever seen. And uh, and you'll have physical transformations in both of them for uh, like a final battle. And that, and so that's why I think it's exciting. It's, I think that it could lead to that. It could just lead to the fact that she's really good at the force and can fight. And it's just an easy way to um, explain it and not have any training sessions and all that jazz. But um her lineage and the, the and the force are these two really important things that they keep talking about and they keep bringing up and they keep showing us different aspects of it that um i just feel that they they are part and parcel i feel like they're gonna they're gonna mean something and it's part of the supersonic growth and i'm totally on board as long as they give us a why for that Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Totally eventually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We need. We need some why. And I think. But I think that's why you get. You get the biggest reveal, right? And my my thing is that uh, I think Kylo Ren was led Ray to a lie, even though the character believed it, because the film wants to set up a greater reveal, and the best reveals you can have are to questions you already have answered, and um, 
you know, and, and that, again, that's why it makes, that's why it's such a great reveal when, you know, no, I am your father because we thought we had an answer to that. <laughs> Anakin Skywalker, <laughs> you know, like we, we thought we knew what was up already. Right. And, uh, and, and the last Jedi throws away or answers them uh, so quickly, all of any plot line that could have created a cool reveal, like a cool star Wars reveal like that, that, I think it is to set up a better reveal for episode nine. There's mm. so much I want to say to that, but I'll save it. <laughs> <laughs> your time, your time's up, Shannon. Yeah, yeah I know. Well, we, we, I yeah. will say, I think our chances of getting a good reveal are really high, especially with JJ directing the That's third film. That's probably true. Yeah. I mean, he gets to round out the characters that he gave us. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So. That's true. Probably a better reveals than we would have gotten with Trevorrow. Much better. Yeah, I would yeah guess. I'm so glad yes. he's not directing this movie. <laughs> I like uh, Jurassic World, but yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. All right, so let's move on to um, Ray and Kylo's Force connection. And I am actually the first one up here. Um, I don't really. It's fine. I don't have any connection. I don't have any issues with the Force connection. Um, it's very similar to a lot of the things that we've already seen in Legends, anyways. I mean, we have. Um, Bastila in Knights of the Old Republic has a battle meditation um, and there's some connectedness that you see between Revan and Bastila in that so I don't have any issues with it um, I do think that it, it, it exists outside of Snoke's influence so even if he started some kind of connection between them like it exists outside of that um, the only thing that I'm not sure that I like is it's randomness or variability. So like, like if Kylo's just getting dressed and it's all of a sudden like, boom, there's Ray. Like, <laughs> it's just so, there's just something about that that I'm like, w wouldn't they want to be a little bit more planned about it? And maybe it's uncontrollable, right? Like maybe it's happening and they haven't learned to control it yet. And that's fine. Um, but I would like to get a few more whys in that too. And I think that that's going to be a lot of what episode nine is actually about is why this is occurring and why they're connected. Um, so for me, it's fine. Cool. Um, so obviously, I love their Force connection. Um, I do what? ship Raylo pretty hard, <laughs> obviously. Um, but the thing about it is that I I love that like Ryan's idea for like okay, well we need to get these two characters talking. But obviously, if they're in a room together, like it's just not going to happen. So this is kind of how he went about it, and I I think it's incredibly interesting <laughs> because it allows you to see like how they act when they're together versus how they act when they're with other people. Like normally Kylo is very angry and like violent, but when he's with Ray, he's very like curious and he's wondering, it's like, can you see me? Like I, I can only see you. Like, can you see my surroundings? Like he just wants to figure out how this works. Whereas Ray's the one who's just like murderous snake. Like you killed your father. Like they kind of flip almost, which is very interesting. And I also agree. I don't think Snoke, created the connection i do think that snoke probably exploited it but i think that if the connection it could have been created in the interrogation scene that's a lot of people online that's their favorite theory um like i was saying though me and my friend alex we like to say that we get a lot of lines in the tfa novelization that talks about Ray hearing this voice she's always been dreaming of something actually the first time she sees Kylo she says that she's seen this figure before in a daydream and a nightmare and Kylo's kind of the same way like he's so 
like interested in this girl like who the heck is this and by the end of it he's like it is you like he knew this person so i think they've been connected for a very long time and i think the force has some very big plans for how it's gonna balance itself out with these two Mm. so also that you're explaining his what girl Yep, yes. exactly. That's exactly what I yeah. thought of, yeah. yeah. Interesting. And so he was connected to her not knowing who she was, yeah. never, but but maybe seeing her or seeing images of her, and then, you know, they mentioned this ominous girl. Hmm, yeah. interesting. I mean, that's why he's so baffled that she's a scavenger. Like, this girl who was his yeah. pull to the light is just a nobody scavenger. Like, how could that you th- be? Oh, you think she was the pull to the light the whole time? Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. That's so good. That's, <laughs> That's super good, Shannon. Oh, thank you, Dale. <laughs> Who's next? It's, your, it's Dale's it's turn. It's actually Dale's right. turn. Yeah. I thought we left him speechless yeah. there for a second. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I just yeah. floored you. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, that's good. good, good, good. Well, I, I think it's kind of awesome anyways. Um, I just, again, I like we're seeing a new force um, ability. Well, I guess Leia kind of used something similar to be like, He's fine, um, but uh, you know, I guess, and I guess Obi Wan Kenobi kind of used something similar as well, but he for like a whole planet of people. Um, yeah, no, it's it's awesome. I, I like it. I like the imagery of it. I like um, uh, I, I like the intimacy between them. It's very very straight. Yeah, because like as soon as she stops yelling at him, it's like, yeah, like what's the, yeah, I can't do anything. So I might as well just like talk to this person and try to figure them out. Mm-hmm. I love that Luke could see them. So I think that they are doing like a low level version of what Luke was doing. Um, and that's why he was able to see uh, Kylo Ren physically. I think that, I think that's such a, such a cool aspect of it. Um, there's, there's more to it. What's my whole force? Oh, um, I, I do kind of think though that Finn plays a part in their force connection because we still haven't really explained why Kylo Ren looks at Finn and knows exactly what, uh, Stormtrooper is the one that turned traitor. And, and, and I always did kind of feel more to myself that, Ray always had the force and the force awoken in Finn or awoke in Finn. (laughs) And, um, and, and so I think there might be something to be said about the fact that she's thinking about Finn and she then starts to communicate with Kylo. And, um, and that's the only character that really connects them in the whole universe. Um, but that I'm just, I'm just having fun with that. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think, Daryl? Yeah, close this out. I love it. It's completely awesome. Um, I agree uh, kind of along with the lines of what Shannon was saying. I love that we get to see their relationship develop in this way because you can't just put them both in the same room and have them talk to each other for the whole film. You know, yeah. Ray needs to be on the island with Luke doing her thing. Kylo needs to be chasing the fleet doing his thing. But we still need their relationship to develop. So this is the perfect way to balance those things out. And um, I also really love how outside of Rey and Kylo, I love how much foreshadowing is in their force connection Hmm. because there's little lines in it that relate to basically build the framework for what happens at the end of the movie. You know, like Kylo saying, I can't see your surroundings. Can you see mine? 
which is exactly why he doesn't know that Luke is force projecting himself because he can't see Luke's surroundings. He can only see Luke. Um, and then there are, you know, other way, other things too. He tells Ray, he's like, you can't be doing this. The effort would kill you, which helps explain why Luke, you know, sort of dies in the end of the movie or becomes one with the force because the effort was too much for him to do that. So I just love how it plants the seeds for that stuff so that when this crazy idea of Luke force projecting himself to take out the villain at the end, well, not take him out, but to defeat the villain at the end of the movie is fine because they've already planted the seeds for that. But the other thing I love about their force connection is that it's a secret and their relationship is essentially a secret. You're right. Luke sort of saw them talking to each other so he knew something but for the most part nobody knows how connected they are because it starts in the forest in the force awakens after finn has already been knocked out so he didn't see anything and obviously you get to see a big piece of it in the throne room but they kill everybody in the throne room so none of them are coming <laughs> out of there and so it's this big secret that is just waiting to explode. And I can't wait to see how that affects everything around them. When yeah, we that's get definitely going to blow up when the resistance finds out, I think. Yeah. Mm. Mm. That's cool. I do, I do like too, just as a total side note, I do like how Ryan Johnson shot that. Cause oh, basically yeah. he's shooting it without special effects. The entire thing's no special effects. Totally. Yeah. yeah it's Brilliant. all sight lines. It's just so great. Yeah. It's cool. All right, so we are to our last topic before we go to the exclusive Patreon content, um, and it and it all revolves around Yoda's appearance. What do you think about Yoda's appearance, Shannon? Um, when I first saw this movie, I thought it was weird, uh, just that he was randomly there. I thought that Luke could have just burned down the tree; that could have been the end of it. But again, upon like seeing it many times, I think that it's really important for Luke's arc to hear the things that Yoda tells him about failure and about how, you know, those books don't have anything that Ray doesn't already know. Like Ray is going to be fine. And like, he did pass on the teachings, even if he thinks that like he was completely failing and he just let everybody down. I think that it was important for him. I still think it's a, just a little bit odd just to have him you know like just decide to set this tree on fire even though it's kind of awesome and kind of in tune with old crazy yoda um <laughs> but yeah i i think i think it fits what do you think mr wentland i think it's awesome um i've gotten stuffier as the episode's gone up because we're all uh, sick so yeah. we're just like transmitting <laughs> yeah, it we're to spreading you. it around through the internet yeah. <laughs> um uh, yeah, no, so I, I I think it's awesome. I, I love that they used the Muppet. That was huge for me. Uh, it, the Muppet looks a little bit weird because they have to ghost Muppet it, but that it's still cool because um, that's the version that we should see, I guess, you know. Uh, um, just if we saw Force Ghost Anakin, we would see Hayden Christensen. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I love his dialogue. It is super important for Luke. It is, you know, him commenting, like... Everyone in the, all the haters are like, you changed Luke. He was the hero and now he's a cranky old man. And, um, <laughs> and that's like, how they all sound, by the yeah, way. It's, yeah. it's true. And, it's so yeah. true. 
and the irony is lost on them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Luke is the audience. <laughs> yeah, Kylo Kylo Ren was the audience in the first one. Luke's the audience in this one. And um, uh, you know, I, I, it's great because you know he's like you're still looking off into. But then he's like, this is the moment where he's like, you're still the same old Luke. You're still looking off into the sunset. You're still like hoping that you know like you're just sitting on like just not doing it you just go do it what are you doing Mm. you know oh you want to go pick up some power go pick them up (laughs) (laughs) drive you're like 19 what are you doing at home go like you're you're, you're, you know um and i i love that he burns it down because if anyone knows that it was all bs it's yoda yoda had yoda had years and years to be like he sure made a lot of mistakes like you know like the, the entire he used like clones that he didn't even have any control or make so he just started using these clones he found because one jedi was like i'll order a bunch of clones please like <laughs> um like he he never saw palpatine you know he um he he never saw anakin he he's all his whole life at the end that we've seen is all failure all we know of is the the history and the legend of this great jedi just like we do uh, just like ray does of luke and that is why ray is the way she is is because of the legend of luke she doesn't need his actual teachings because she lives up to the legend of luke and and so i love it i love it i love it all i don't know why the books appear in the spaceship at the end but um well she stole them of course in that time that we didn't see her steal them well i mean i bet there was like another four spawn session too where she was like all right um i kind of need your coordinates you know yeah yeah yeah. yeah. (laughs) let me run into this burning tree and get those books before plus like she had to run to the mall and get a new outfit so yeah you know um but yeah anyways awesome loved yodas all right daryl yeah i loved it too I mean, pretty much everything I was going to say has already been said, but um, I'll just take it a step further. Like having Yoda recognize the failure of the Jedi is the turning point that allows us to hope for more Jedi outside of that failure. Hmm. Like it creates the new, more potentially positive future of the Jedi. And it proves Luke wrong. Like it makes it okay for Luke to finally step out and do something and get away from his the Jedi need to end mentality because there is already over. Yeah. 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 It's proof that, Oh, learn from your mistakes, do better, go forward. You know, don't just wallow in failure and die. You know, don't hover over nephew with lightsaber. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe talk to him instead of just try to kill him. Have a one-on-one session. A tailgate, if you will. That's the the best line of the podcast so far. Don't hover over nephew with lightsaber. I like that. So I'm going to make one, um, I'm going to make one little nuance because I agree with everything that's been said, but I'm going to make one little nuance for me personally. And that is that I feel like the message of the prequels is that the Jedi suck. Yes. Yes. That, 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 yeah. orga- that basically, no, like to really put a nail on it, organized religion, when it becomes political and not personal, is a very dangerous negative thing. And I think that the, the prequels show that extraordinarily well. I think the only thing I would say, this is sort of a difference between Dale and Shannon, is that I think that if Yoda was to say to... So, I think, one, Yoda knows that Rey already took the books. Oh, yeah. 
Two, if Yoda um, thinks that the books are still in there, I think that it's out of character for Yoda. Let's think of the lessons that Yoda's learned, right? He's watched Luke Skywalker. Yoda actually, with alongside Obi-Wan, told Yoda, do not have hope for a redemption of Vader. Kill Vader. And then said in his in the prequels, um, which of course would have happened before, but what he was saying that yes, the political machine that we have built is good. And like like you said, Dale, let's yeah. order up some clones. Yeah. yeah I yeah. think though that Yoda is only wise if he believes in the core of the Jedi Order, not the mistakes of the Jedi Order. Which is when he tells Luke, you will have failures that he's saying don't abandon the Jedi Order, but move forward with it. Do not let your failures define you. Yeah. So for me, I think that if, if he knows the books are in there and he's like, yeah, burn them to the ground, you know, like it's my worst Yoda impersonation. <laughs> yeah. That was an amazing well, Yoda we, we, no, one, no one wants to commit to the talking backwards. Yeah, part that's the part of it. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, but yeah, so I, w- I would say like that for me, as long as, because I think he's telling Luke those things not because he's he's literally telling Luke to abandon the Jedi Order. He's telling Luke those things because he's saying you're, where you're going with the Jedi Order is mistakes that I've made before and you don't need to go there because you already know. You already know what's true. You already know what's good about the Jedi Order and you were the purest of all of us and you made a mistake, but revert back to p- former you. So for me, that's kind of where I would take it. Um, yeah, totally. Luke, Luke really is the purest, isn't he? Because... Uh, he didn't have, he wasn't really ego driven. Exactly. Um, he 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 was only becoming a Jedi to get power to save people. Exactly. It was like very selfless. Like you know, he, obviously he's like sweet, but you know, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. That's, and also, and also, when we talked about this on the Return of the Jedi podcast, Daryl and I were shocked because we're like, Luke is using dark side powers like we yeah. s- kind of see Ray doing, like you said very yeah. eloquently. D- Dale. He's dressing black and he's yeah. intimidating mm. people. He's intimidating people, but he was he's doing it choke. all for a reason. Yeah, exactly. So like Dale, like you said, when when Ray's like, "Oh, I'm not scared of this. I'm just gonna." We saw Luke overcome that fear and then start using some of those things because he knew he was using them in a way that would be helpful. Helpful, exactly. So I like that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this is where you get to go subscribe to Patreon because we haven't even talked about Phasma. We haven't talked about the throne room scene. We haven't talked about Snoke and all of those things will be coming up on the Patreon, um, exclusive feed. So we hope that you'll join us over there. Um, and we're going to go ahead and transition into that. And remember to go check out, um, if you don't go check out our Patreon, which I think you should, um, <laughs> but if you don't do that, then make sure you head over to Network 1901. If you go over to Network1901.com, you can see all of the super cool things that Dale and Shannon and Josh and Angie are doing, um, and you'll be a fan, just like me. I almost guarantee it. <laughs> Unless you just hate Disney for some reason. <laughs> why did you go to the channel? I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why are I you here? I don't understand. Pe- people will be like, in which case, I'm never going to see Yeah, they'll like, yeah, exactly. They'll, com- right. they'll comment on like our videos. They'll be like, last, Je- like I'm not even going to watch the Last Jedi. It's like, it great. Sounds why did you stupid. watch this video? <laughs> like, cool. Why did you click on the video? Yeah. Yeah. Like, go away. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, yeah, so go do that. Make sure you go do that. Go to Patreon, um, thestorygeeks.com. Uh, we'll get you there, www.thestorygeeks.com. And then go um, check out uh, Dale and Shannon.
That is it for today's podcast. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe. And if you have an extra minute, write us a review or share this episode with one of your geek friends. All right, fellow geeks, as always, question everything in your favorite stories and always seek the truth. We'll catch you on the next podcast.